Jake Roberts, the match is at hand. Well, well. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. We find ourselves at WrestleMania. And it's the biggest match of your career. Why? Because everything you stand for is on the line. Namely, the Million Dollar Belt. Oh, yeah. It can be yours once again. All you have to do to get it back... With another episode of What Are We Even Doing? I'm... I'm... Is go through Damien. And Rose. But you see, Damien and I, we remember. We remember all the times you made people grovel for your money. These were people far less fortunate than you. They could use your money for essentials. And what did you do? You cheated them. You humbled them. And you humiliated them. Well, now it's my turn. I'm going to make you beg, DiBiase. You are going to get on your hands and knees. This time, you'll be the one that's humbled. This time, you'll be the one that's humiliated. And this time, you will be the one who grovels for the money. And how appropriate that the money you grovel for is your very own. A victim of your own greed, wallowing in the muck of avarice. Longfellow couldn't have said it better. I'm a gog. I'm genuinely a gog. I'm so sorry I almost fucked that up. Now, it's fine, because I didn't know that I was going to do the rest of that. (laughs) Amazing. Even better. (laughs) Guys, we got a lot to go on with today. Can we... That was... That was unbelievable. I'm I'm pretty proud of myself. You really fucking should be. Yeah. That's the top five, top three intro of all time on this show. I'm prepared to say it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. It's also uh, my favorite promo of all time. Oh, it's the best promo of all time. Let's ring that bell, brother. Yeah. Wallowing in the muck of avarice. So good. Just a victim of your own greed is also just a really it's amazing. good line. And also, it's right before... Dude, it's... Dude, shit like that is so good at, like, identifying that character with the everyman when he says things like, these are people far less fortunate than you. They could use yeah. their money for essentials. Yes. Where it's like, that whole bit where he's just <coughs> fucking with people and taunting them for being poor, and it's like, you know there's people watching that show that are like, man, if I had $5,000 in this time frame, I'd be out of debt, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, shit yeah. like that. Um, guys, this is going to be an interesting episode. Yes. For a multitude of reasons. The first reason being that today we are covering Super Showdown, or as some people would call it, Super Showdown. Huh? From the year of our Lord, 2019. What was it? I was trying to do Super how Supersh Hotdown. What is happening right I'm, now? I'm mispronouncing the word Super Showdown. Dude, I honestly just feel like I just had a trip. <laughs> uh, Braden, before we get into anything else, why did you pick this show? Um. Okay, so I put this on the fuckboard ages a ago. long time ago. Yeah. The reason I put it on the fuckboard was because it has Undertaker versus Goldberg. That is correct. And I wanted to make you watch that because you made me watch Crown Jewel 2018. Okay, wow, all right, yeah, fair enough. 
the reason it stayed on the fuckboard is because I we, we just forgot about it. Yeah. The reason I put it back, it, the reason I picked it from the fuckboard. Sure. Is because this match, or sorry, this show features Triple H's last pay-per-view match. Okay. Fantastic. And that is why I picked it. I thought that you were just finally like, hey, you're going to fucking watch this. No, okay, that was very a, good. That was a benefit. That is quite time. benefit. Triple H having recently retired and whatnot. Um, I looked it up on the internet. Um, it said, I looked I looked up Triple H's last pay-per-view match. Right. Because there's his last match actually on like a house show. And there's house show last, in Japan. Yes. There's his last like televised match. Right. I was like, let's pay-per-view. What's his last pay-per-view match? And it uh, it said WrestleMania 35, and I was like, that's not true, because no. I know he had a pay-per-view match against Orton after Batista. So, Mania 35 would have been 2018? No, it would have been 2019. Oh, this... No, wait, you're right, because they referenced Mania 35 in the match with Batista yeah, on yeah, this yeah. show. So, mm-hmm. the, so, it would have been WrestleMania of that year, a few months later, this, and then we... Mm-hmm. No one knew, but that was that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, do you have any news for the flyer you want to talk about or anything? Dude. Anything from your life no. you want to talk about? Mm, well, um, actually, I do. That's crazy. Um, my computer fans. Yeah. So, went tomorrow, as of the time of recording. Okay. Thank you. That they will be... Better? Um... Hopefully, um, they will be delivered to my house by okay. tomorrow. Probably a few days after that, I will get those computer fans fixed. They won't be off balance, so they won't rattle. Right. You guys won't hear this comforting background drone Hopefully. behind our voices. Hopefully. It is... I, I loaded up GTA Five on my PC. Oh, okay. The fucking fan is going so fucking apeshit, I can't play the game. Now because you... my graphics card gets hot. So I have to, like, play on PS4, which is not as good graphics. It's not as good. My PC is more powerful than PS4. And... You guys can't see it, but, like, Braden's PC that we use for this show has those, like, cooling fins on the side of it, like a fucking dirt bike motor. Uh, <sighs> it is It is also a kickstart PC. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um... I got uh, one or two things, so this will be a few weeks removed by the time you guys hear this, but over the holiday weekend, I got to go down south and visit my family Mm. for like a full weekend, like stay three days, two nights type of deal, right? Love it. Yeah, same. Took the four-wheeler with, we all go four-wheeling together. It was one of the best moments I've had in ages. I absolutely loved it. So my dad has what I'm going to call an even worse car addiction than me. Mm Mm-hmm. And he has recently retired. So here's the funny things about this. And you'll... Hopefully, you, if you're a regular listener of the show, you'll get the gist here. So, my dad retires. As such, he no longer has his company truck, which he was just using for life. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He owns a truck. It is unbelievable. It's like F-250 King Ranch loaded beyond all... Yeah. I He keeps it in such pristine condition, I don't think it saw sunlight more than two times last year. Like, that thing is in the garage and that's that, right? Alright, so he doesn't want to drive that. No more work truck. He's retired now, and he's got to get something to pedal around on. 
cool. I go down south, we meet up at a bar. My town now has a bar, which when I was a kid, it would have been more likely that it was like, yo, we have a public Satanism church in this town <laughs> before having a bar. Like, that was not going to happen. Yeah. Anyways, we meet up, we're hanging out, we're having some beers, and my dad says, do you know anything about Ford Explorer sport tracks? I'm like, yeah, they made them for a handful of years, and basically it's an Explorer with a bed, like a truck, instead of like the, the rear cargo area. Same thing, basically. And he goes, I have two of them. <laughs> so, like... If you're listening to this and you don't know, these weren't extremely popular vehicles, but they weren't, like, super obscure. But not yeah. something that you see all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I says, okay, well, that's an odd choice. Why would you have one? And also, why do you have two? <laughs> My father then explains to me that he needs a, quote, beater with a heater. Just some junk-ass car to drive around. I says, okay. He paid, like... Four or five grand for one of these sport tracks. Has a bunch of miles on it. Fine. It fucks up. Something electrical. It's in the shop to get fixed. It is still currently in the shop. Okay? Okay. In the time after he dropped it off at the shop to get this issue fixed, he sees another one for sale at a dealership that has, like, minimal miles on it for something as old as this. Contacts the dealers like, yeah, I know you're about to close, but guys like, if you get here tomorrow morning, it might still be here. My dad goes and buys the second one, okay, before the first one has even been fixed. Okay, <laughs> I took this the second one, the new one that he's keeping out for a test drive. My dad's junk car is nicer than nine out of ten things I have owned in my life. <laughs> he is absolutely my father, and I asked him what he would do with the. The first one that's still in the shop getting fixed, he's like, I'll sell it. Maybe I'll keep it. I don't know. I want to be like, guys, this is something genetic here. It's getting passed down. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um, before we started recording here, let's just before part we, the beads. Yeah, here. yeah. Part them. Before we, were, we started recording here, we were having this conversation and then we decided, let's put this conversation on the air. For the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you even remember how it started? Um, basically, this is the first time that I've ever smoked while we recorded. It's, it works oh, I know. I do know how it started. I okay. said that over a long enough timeline, I'm going to need you and the kids to come with me when I go shopping to buy my own stuff, because I don't know what the fuck any of this technology is. Yes. So you and were then talking became, about the dispensary, dude. You were talking about the dispensary being well, yeah. intimidating, but yeah. It was. Yeah. The first time I went, it was very intimidating. Like, I don't, it, it's not intimidating. It's actually very welcoming, but like, I was intimidated. I don't know why. Sure. You know what I mean? I don't feel like it's an intimidating. I don't know. It's weird to, weird to I almost feel like it might be a thing similar to where like a normal coffee drinker goes to a Starbucks for the first time. Because you don't want to walk into the dispensary, go up to the the counter and just be like, one pot, please. I'd like to feel good. Just like if you're a coffee person, you don't want to walk into like a Starbucks for the first time at least and be like, give me a cup of mud. Make sure it burns the spoon. One pot, please. Yeah. It really tickled me. I was trying to think, what's the absolute worst way to fucking do this? Amazing. 
No, but what it is, you walk in. First of all, there's a security guy at the door. He lets you in. And then they check your ID to make sure that you're not... Below. Now, see, that's kind of a dirty trick, because to me that means that if somebody's ID is fucked, you're already inside, and there's security between you and the way out. Well, there's a, another door that you have to go oh, okay. before you can... Because to me, I, that would be a situation where it's like, cheese it, and just run. No, it's like, there's like, it's like a corner of a door. Like, okay. that sort of thing. Anyway, um... So they check your ID, and then you let they let you go through, and... Some people order, like, online or whatever, but, like, they have tablets where they have, like, everything that they have. Sure. And you scroll through, and you pick what you want, and you order it. Yeah. Then you wait in line, and then you and then you got to go through the back room and pay. Right. It's only cash only there, so they have an ATM <laughs> in line. Okay. They have an ATM in line. Uh, a couple of my friends, by the way, recently told me they went to a bar here in the valley that said they were cash only. They didn't take cards. And I said, you were at a bar, like an actual bar, that you couldn't open a tab at. The easiest way for them to make money. And they, and the, my buddy's like, no. And the bartender says, this is Illinois. We don't take cards here. Brother, my friend, my ally, I've lived in Illinois my whole <laughs> life. I grew up in one of the, the most bumfuck of regions. If you're a fucking bar, you take a card. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. I'm sorry. So, anyways, the dispensary. Mm-hmm. This process okay, so sounds like it must be hell if you don't know what you're doing or what you want. They, they do. It is quite easy. Okay, so like navigating is quite easy. Like, so if you if you wanted like what I have, like my, a little battery and like the cartridge. Sure. I literally you can scroll through like all the cartridges and it'll have it whether or not it's indica or sativa what. See, even that, to me, I'm like, what? It has, like, a chart for, like, the percentages of what feelings it makes you feel. Like, if it's creative, That's it's, crazy. like, 30% creative feeling. And That's... these are all based on, like, people rating how what they felt. But that's what I think is the crazy part. They have reviews that that of it. That much research is done. They have reviews of it. Like, Which I shouldn't the, think that way. First... It's just like anything else. That, yeah. Yeah. The, cart, the first cart that I had, um, it was called Outer Space. And the first review said, outer space, more like outer universe. And I said, bye. <laughs> that is mine now. And, brother, let me tell you, outer space. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm like, out of um, the WWE universe. There's actually a lot of information as far as, like, for someone who who you want, like, very specific high. Yeah. Most people do. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you'll be able to find that, I feel, there. Interesting. Like, again, to me, it would be the... And I understand that, like, this is something now that's what's much more nuanced than it was even ten years ago. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I can remember that, like, I never liked the smell of weed. Mm-hmm. Anytime that I was around even... And when I was a kid in the 90s, so, like, back then, like, yeah. weed was considered terrorism. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. Know I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't easy for people to have, get, or whatever... When I was in high school, the kids that smoked pot were either unbelievably paranoid about it or just completely, I don't give a fuck. And I think that those people were the ones who had figured out that they weren't 18 yet. So they knew, what can you do to me? I'm legally a child. 
Yeah. The other ones were the ones who hadn't figured that out, and smoking pot in the 90s made them so fucking afraid <laughs> that they were going to get in trouble for smoking pot. Yeah. Like, it was bonkers. <coughs> um, but yeah, you can actually, you can even search for carts and stuff Yeah, based on, like, a specific feeling. Hmm. Like, I want to feel relaxed. Search. These are the carts sure. that make you relaxed. Like, that's the cool... It's, like, awesome. I love it. That's interesting. So, I want to keep this conversation going, but I'm going to add in something I said I wanted to talk about earlier. Okay. So, if you've listened to the show, you know that I'm known to make impulsive purchases. <laughs> okay. 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 You also know I'm a big physical media guy. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. movie guy. A couple days ago last week... Me and friend of the show, Connor Hopkins, we're talking about a little film called Memento. If you haven't seen it, here's the gimmick. Main character has unbelievable short-term memory damage. The film is presented going backwards okay. and going forwards at the same time. Okay. A, film that, a shot that's in color is moving backwards in time. A shot that's in black and white is moving forward. Okay? It's an excellent movie. The performances are great. The editing is what makes it work. Okay. So I'm talking to Connor, and he uh, had brought up that there's this fabled bonus feature on a DVD that's, like, hidden. And if you play it, it plays the movie in chronological order all the way through. Okay. Shows this to me like he's the fucking big man on campus. I go, brother, I've seen it. I've seen that movie in chronological order. A friend of mine used to have that DVD. We found that about online. We did it. This was back in, like, 05, 06. So he's like, oh, holy shit, that's cool, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I've got that movie. Let me see if I have that version of it, right? Just him saying this to me brought it up. I find my DVD. Nah, it's just a cheap, like, used one that I bought or something. I was like, huh, I thought I owned that on Blu-ray. Start digging through the collection. Nope. Motherfucker. So now I'm obsessed. Because now yeah. I'm like, I want to do it again. Yeah, I wanna, yeah, I want to yeah. watch this shit again. Text a friend of mine who's got an astonishing collection. Puts mine to shame, like, on every level. I go, hey, here's this weird thing I'm looking for. What do you th- What do you know? Comes back and he goes, yeah, it's not on the Blu-ray. Motherfucker. So I get on Amazon. I bought the fucking DVD release that's, like, 17 years old. Mm. Special okay. edition DVD just to get this feature because, here's where it ties back in, I want us to get high and watch Memento. All right. And just all of us shatter our brains. Because me and Connor were talking about it. It's like, imagine watching this movie when you're high. And he's like, oh, fuck. And I'm like, now, imagine an extended session where you watch it as it is. And you're high. And you keep getting high. And then you watch it in chronological order immediately following. Oh, my God. And just let your brain pour out the sides of your head. (laughs) That'd be dope. Yeah, I also got, um... <laughs> this is yeah, so... please, please, I've been wanting you to talk about this. <laughs> I slightly teased this before, Hicks, I was like, look what came in the mail today. I got the movie Alligator from, I think, 1986. Um, this is one of those early movies that I had seen when I was a kid, where I was like, this is stupid, and I still love it. It's literally Alligator in the Sewer. It's set in Chicago, so that's cool. Oh, neat. Alligator in the Sewer, 
grows to gigantic sizes. It's a mutant from eating toxic lab rats that have been flushed down into the sewers. Love it. And now it's coming up to fucking kill and maim and everything else. Classic monster movie. The thing I remember loving about it was how cheap it is. Because I think they built like one or two alligator heads the size of a couch. And then the rest of it, they're putting a live alligator on like a model. Mm. And so there's a thing where it's like the alligator comes up from the sewer through the street. And it's clearly just like a little baby three foot alligator on like a balsa wood town. (laughs) (laughs) That's supposed to look like Chicago. Amazing. Oh, fuck. It's so good. So anyways, they released this in a 4K release. Oh my god. I don't know why. And there's all these insane special features on it. And one of them is uh, a documentary about this movie that's not good. I like it and I know it sucks. Uh, But there's a documentary about it that is hosted by Brian Cranston. And I was like, why is Brian Cranston, if if you're not familiar, uh, Breaking Bad, uh, Godzilla 2014, you know what I mean? It's Brian fucking Cranston. Brian Cranston worked as a uh, PA on Alligator. He, he would have been a bitch boy running around getting coffee and doing grunt work. And then went on to be like one of the biggest stars ever or whatever. Unbelievable. So they got him to come back and do shit on this fucking Blu-ray. Amazing. I love physical media collecting, guys. I love it. What's, uh, what's some of the other things we talk about on this show? I forgot. Wrestling that we've watched beforehand, I got nothing. Are we ready for that? Because I did talk about the thing that I do want to talk about. Please. We, ta- we talked about it pretty extensively off the podcast, like over the Snapchat group. Sure. But I feel like we can delve into it here and Abs- it'll be a fun thing to record permanently. Yas. I feel like I have to sneeze. I'm going to suggest that you keep talking until the sneeze actually happens. It really bothers me being on the edge of a sneeze. It's yeah, nobody's okay with that. Nobody's overjoyed by that. It's fine. It went away. Anyway, um <laughs> holy shit, that was tense. <laughs> I watched the the second match from Ilya Dragunov and Walter. Right. Okay, yeah, we did talk about this. I I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm positive we've talked about it on the show. The first one. The first one's Mind-blowingly good. Stellar. Uh, Dakota comes on here on this podcast. I remember it happened on Mm -hmm. this podcast. He comes on here boasting about how the second one is better. And I just don't agree. The second one is still great. I've seen. I I watched the second one recently. Right. It ain't that. It ain't as good. No. I think running it back, you're going to be behind the eight ball to start with. Yeah, and especially for a match like that, because that first one is so radically different from everything else that we'd seen under the WWE banner for 15, 20 years. So then when you go to do a rematch from it, well, fuck, part of what made the first one so special was that it was shockingly different. Yeah. So now... Well, here's the thing. Here's my You're painting yourself into a corner because you either do the same thing and it's not as shockingly different... Or if they had taken that match a completely different route and people had been like, this isn't like the first one. Yeah. I Sorry. Think, I, I, think th- I think you'd have to keep it similar to the first one. I think you can do some different things, mm-hmm. but like, I think they just tried to go way too different with it. Because I feel yeah. like the moments that I liked the most in the match was when they were 
calling back to the first one and just hitting each other. Yeah. And you hear that, and you hear the crowd go, oh! Yeah. And that's so... I love hearing that. I right. love hearing a crowd just... The second one seems spottier, which is weird because I wouldn't call it a very spotty match. Yeah, though. it's just... it. They, tr- they did stuff that I just... It didn't work for me. Right. If they had leaned way more into just hitting each other... Yeah. Very much the Joe Kobashi type Fuck, thing. goddamn, like, yeah. The uh, crowd reacting to the hits makes those hits even more than I think the silence of the first one did. I would say, to me, okay, so like Joe versus Kobashi does it. The first Walter and Dragunov match does it. I love when a match can pull you in to such a degree that you could show it to a non-fan and you could tell them, professional wrestling is a fighting style. This is an example of that. And they would believe that. Oh, yeah. Because if you show somebody, like, a karate fight will not look like an MMA fight. Oh, correct. Yeah, correct. So you have to kind of put that context around it. So to me, it's like, that first uh, Walter uh, Dragunov match is the perfect example of that. Because if I was like, here's what professional wrestling as a combat form is. Here's the rules. Here's the guidelines. You know, whatever. Here we go. Here's how you win. Here's how you lose. Bro, it's all there. You know what I mean? Oh, no close fist to the face. It's all the fucking... Yeah. Like, they're trying to get a pin. They're trying to get a submission. I love that first match. It's so, so good. Much. It's so good. I still thought that second one was good, but to Same. me... Yeah. I, I think... From my opinion, this is the, the, the barometer. I've watched that first one three to five times. Mm-hmm. I watched that second one once. Yeah. I just didn't want to go back to it. Like, uh, just, to me, like, it it is disappointing to me a little bit to say sure. this, but, like, I, I still like the second one. I just think it's not as good, and I don't, unfortunately, I don't think it's even close. I, I, yeah, I, it's, it's not close yeah. to me. But to me, I think that's even more praise on that first one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, if that first one is so good that, like, a follow-up match that is still good is miles behind the first one, Yeah, then... But uh, I thought that was interesting. Weigh in at WowEd Podcast. Which one did you like? Did you even see the second one? Because I bet you most people didn't. Yeah, didn't get nearly the hype or the buzz. Um, let's see. Anything else that I've seen? I started watching The Batman last night on HBO Max. Yeah? I was very tired when I started it. I loved every bit of it that I watched, and then I was like, you know what, I just need to be in a bed. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I watched, uh, um, Joe versus Misawa. Really? Yeah. From Noah? Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's alright. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean... It's not... It wasn't the... It's not... It's not what I would have dreamed of when you said Samoa Joe versus Masawa, because Masawa in, like, 96-ish prime. Yeah. yeah. Goddamn. And, like, that match would have been a decade plus after, I'm assuming. I think it was, like, 07. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I was at, too, with mm-hmm. it. But, uh... Yeah, still dope. Yeah. Also, it's just cool that that happened. Yeah. It's like uh, Bret Hart versus Masawa happened in like 93. Wow. And I 
would like to see that. Uh, anything else? Um, I don't think so. Good, because we got to get to this main event, because I'm fucking loaded for goddamn bear. I love it. I love it. Super Showdown 2019. Do you know what my first note on this show is? What is your first note on this show? Yes, dude. I can't wait. Ugh, because God. they hyped Taker and Goldberg. Ugh, God damn it. I was In the opening video package. So, okay, also, this is the first, quote, super showdown from Saudi Arabia. Correct. The first one, this is the second one, the first one was from Australia, this is the second one, and then the last event under this name featured Goldberg versus The Fiend. Oh my god. What a beautiful follow-up to his illustrious run on this. Are we going to do a trilogy of super showdowns? I, I, I'm not going to because I don't think it's fair. I, I want to put a ban on these Saudi shows. We can't. I know we can't. They're, they're too I much gold. To, I want to so Goldberg. badly, especially because of my first real note here that says three hours, forty-eight <laughs> minutes. Fuck you, Braden. I love it. I love it, Maggle. Almost because. Almost and here's the thing. Four hours. Here's the thing. You booked yourself into a corner because. How? When you made it the ECW last episode, I was like, "That's going to be maximum." Maximum two hours. Yeah. So I'm was, taking a year and last less hour than 40, and putting oh it my mine. I'm on a fucking time card for how much time I have to put in for this <laughs> podcast. Um, Meg actually pointed this out before we get to the actual thing here. Bizarre seating layout. Yeah. It is a little strange. I noticed that towards the end of the show. There's actually. massive stretches near the ring that are open. Yeah. Um... Okay, so we've talked about these Saudi Arabia shows before on this show. We don't need to get into the politics of of, of the shit right now, right? Mm-hmm. We can all agree. This one is really fucking bad. Like, like at, at one sh- point... The show? Yes! Oh, okay. I, I like, at know. one point during this, I was literally saying to myself, <laughs> if I was a Saudi prince, Saudi, Saudi prince, and I paid... $50 million for a wrestling show. And this is what I got. I'd go to fucking war. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, dude. <laughs> dude, okay. So the opening match here, though. This show, okay. This show on paper, I, I'm a fan of. You're going to hear me say the phrase house show a lot during this. Go on, though. I mean, the matches sound like they'd be good on paper. Fair enough. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue that. I guess. To me, this this show reeks of it being an unbelievable, expensive house show. Yeah, yeah. Like this seems like something you would be excited to drive to fucking Rockford and watch. <laughs> In the opener, Universal Champion Seth Rollins. Cool gear here. Very cool gear. I like the gear. Oh yeah, big time, big yeah. time, big time. It was the Avengers time travel suit, right? No, was it? Wait, it was. Yeah. Didn't even know that. I just thought it was silver and black and red. You're right. Yep, it's the Avengers time travel suit. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, my next note. God, he just looks like a guy. Mm-hmm. I hate... I love Baron Corbin. Yeah. I hated this attire. I hate when people just wrestle in a dress shirt and dress pants and bullshit. I have a note about it that says... 
Red Lobster Employee of the Month, Baron Corbin. Dude, like, put a towel on his arm. <laughs> yeah, like, so, I hate Rollins as a babyface. Uh, I did, especially this at this point. Yeah. This I was, was so, I hate, I was like, so done. They, it's also, I'm going to come back to this later. This company does not know how to do baby faces. Never. And it's crazy to me how often they fuck it up. Like, all they fucking talk about is how plucky and a fighting champion and an underdog, blah, 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 Seth Rollins is during this. And I'm like, he beat Lesnar. Yeah. Like, you, you can't, like, that was one of my thoughts during this match. I'm like, how is there any drama for this? Exactly. And, like, I like Baron Corbin. I think he's a great fucking worker. We've talked about it on this show. That motherfucker's going to have a job for the next five decades if he wants it. Yeah. I don't I don't believe him in this role. Never. Like, the match itself is fine. I don't think that it's bad. Your phone's going off. There's that. The old theme returns. Like, it's just a thing where it's... Like, we are opening with Baron Corbin in a fucking title match against babyface Seth Rollins. Fuck! Bold. Bold. Bold move to start with this. It's bonkers to me how often they do that route with the babyface, though, where they're trying to make him the everyman and the underdog and this, that, and the other and scrappy. And it fails to get over, and then they blame the performer. Yeah. They really do. You know what fucking sucks about a well-built and executed babyface? For my money, one of the best ones in the last 10 plus years was Drew McIntyre, and it was during the fucking Thunderdome era, Yeah, and nobody got to see it, and nobody cares, and nobody remembers it, and nobody wants to remember it because it was the Thunderdome era. Yeah. Like, they made him look cool and strong and smart and like a badass every fucking week. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever really outsmart, like, you know what I mean? They always yeah, make yeah. babyfaces look like fucking idiots. They really do. Uh, one of my mat, one of my matches. What? I mean, that is true. I was gonna say one of my matches was fine. Um, one of them probably was. Yeah. Um, but what I meant to say was this match has been fine. Yeah. No, I agree. There's one or two things in that I really did like. Uh, Baron Corbin does a weird like ripcord belly to back suplex thing. Yes, that was, I did that enjoy was that. Dope. That was cool. Um. And speaking of making baby faces look dumb. This fucking finish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was awful. Big time stupid. Like, let's put over the fucking ref. Sorry, I'm trying to read a note that I wrote here, and I just... Oh, okay. The note here says, No machine and no booking can make me believe Baron Corbin is world champ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this finish... Dude, okay, so Corbin argues with the ref... Way more than usual, yeah. like throughout this whole match. So I'm like, okay, of course they're building to something, mm-hmm. and they do. They are building to something. Eventually, some bullshit. Baron Corbin is beating the shit out of Rollins. Rollins yeah. is on the ground, writhing in pain. Right. And Baron Corbin goes to argue with the ref again, 
And then the ref finally has enough, and they have this big dramatic camera angle where the ref like gets mad. And Who then do you looks think back. you are? I am. He does say that. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I am. And I think he says other things. But yeah. Like, I, all I heard was, Who do you think you are? I am. The crowd comes <laughs> up about that much, and um, then Rollins gets the roll-up, and that's yeah. the finish. Correct. So the referee looks like a fucking star. Just... This is what I mean when I say this seems like house show shit. Like, if I went to a house show and this was the finish, and people were like, wow, you know, ooh, yay, good guy won, blah, 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 fuck you, Baron Corbin, and Baron Corbin got back in the ring and the ref gave him a stunner, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm half yeah. surprised it didn't happen here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, is... I hated that. So then, um, Brock Lesnar's music hits. Well, Corbin hits the end of days first. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. He hits the end of days. Lesnar's music hits because he's about to steal money from the Saudi government. Oh, no. Um, What? No, I'll explain. Lesnar comes down with his Money in the Bank briefcase, which I always forget happened, but I loved the Brock Brock box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock party. (laughs) Boom Brock. Him doing the fucking running man in the ring. The Boom Brocks. Boom Brocks. I like that. Yeah. Um, goes to get in the ring to cash in. Heyman trips. I remember this vividly when I it had nothing on this. So stupid. I thought it was dumb then. They well, it, it's dumb now. Yeah, it is dumb now. So Heyman trips, Heyman trips into the ring, drops the briefcase that distracts Brock Lesnar because he is a child. Yes, which allows Seth Rollins, the babyface who just barely won his match moments ago due to the referee helping him, only to then get his ass beat. Then that guy hits Brock Lesnar in the dick and balls with the low blow Mm -hmm. and leaves after waffling him 10 or 12 times with a chair. Yeah, he beats the fuck out of him with a chair and then gives him a stomp onto the briefcase. Yeah. So we are to cheer Seth Rollins for what reason? A, beat the fuck out of that Lesnar guy. We don't really like him. Yeah, you know what? He uh, crushed that dude in the balls after uh, that dude fucked up. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then he hey, beat hey, his that ass dude, that and he dude ran fucked away. Up, and that dude kicked that dude in the balls and then beat him up and then beat him off. That and guy... Then, Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> that guy almost fucking lost to that kid who works at the Olive Garden. And the referee helped him out, because the Olive Garden kid's kind of big. <laughs> so then that guy, after that, he got his fucking shit pushed in by that Olive Garden guy. <laughs> yeah. And he was laying there. And then this big vanilla gorilla come walking out with his fucking makeup box. And he goes, yo, it's time for us to fight. But that fat car salesman guy get hung up in the ropes. And White Kong over there was kind of like, huh? So then this fucking guy hit him in the big dick. And then he hit him a bunch of times with the chair. And then he stomped him into that Halliburton. And then that guy run away. Longfellow couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Uh, no, when I said that Brock is out here to steal money from the fucking Saudi government, he does so fucking little on this show, and you know that motherfucker got paid almost seven figures for this. Oh, yeah. 
Dude. Just. This fucking guy. We'll have the conversation a little bit later, but we always gotta ask ourselves, who on this show does the least? Man, I gotta tell you, I know we're only a match in, but Brock by a fucking mile. Yeah, man, he takes that beating. I'm not, you know, he takes those fucking chair shots and shit. But, bro. I don't know, man. How many chair shots are you willing to take for fucking $750,000? I'm not saying that, but I don't think he's doing little. I think there's someone who does less. Okay, I'm sure that there is. Well, I'm positive that there is. Yeah. That reminds me, I gotta start looking the thing up here in a minute. Well, look a thing up, ass. Keep well, Actually, actually, um, well, how much, uh, how long did you think that match went? 12.54. Ah. It felt way longer. I wanted to make the joke, but I'm not going to. Uh, there's an ad for Stomping Grounds. Yeah, and it, it was ASMR, and it really pissed me off. What is ASMR? It, like, it's some, like, thing where, like, sensitive microphones, like, pick up quiet noises, and they were, like, doing this finger-knuckle cracking, oh, okay. and jackets. I'm like, dude, this is... I hate that. I hate it. But, uh, uh I always forget that the Stomping Grounds pay-per-view happened. Did they only do one? I'm pretty sure. We might cover it at some point. That would be cool. Uh, they did fanta- uh, Fantastic Four-Way... Fatal Four Way. Fatal Four Way is one that I would like to cover. Fantastic Four Way needs to be a Marvel themed multi man match. It needs to be a Marvel themed f- fucking porn, dude. <laughs> dude, Fantastic Four Way. We're gonna have that thing going into that invisible girl. Mr. Fantastic and the Human Torch. Get infected. Um. Oh! <laughs> Imagine invisible girl, like, porn. How would that... How would you it's even... just some dude thrusting <laughs> into the air? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> you couldn't do that. <laughs> would there still be a sound of, like, what are we doing? Well, yeah, because she'd be invisible. She's not going to be, like... Yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Translucent? Tran- like a ghost? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you go through them? No, yeah. it's not like that. I, I, it would I be a solid be, woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so there would still be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. That was... Graphic. Yeah, there's something about that that I didn't quite care for. What's next on this show? Um, Brock's still being oh. on the show. On the cell. Yeah, he is still on the cell. I also don't remember when Lesnar cashed in. He didn't. What? He didn't. What do you mean he didn't? He didn't cash in. No, I'm saying I don't remember oh, when he did. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I meant to Google that, and I totally didn't. I might do that now. <sighs> I, because I, I, because I'm kind of curious. When did Lesnar cash in? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, next note. Andrade as a paper on a pay per view. Dude, yeah. Against Balor on a pay per view, my note just says this should be excellent. This should be excellent. Um, indeed. Let's talk Andrade for just a minute or two here. That guy's unbelievably talented. I think they completely 
botched him in WWE, and honestly, I think they're completely botching him right now in AEW. Mm-hmm. Dude, okay. unbe- he's unbelievably fucking good. Checks all the boxes. God damn it, do something with him. Yeah. Because now it just seems like he's a guy who pops up every so often and has an unbelievably good match, and everyone's like, why aren't you doing more with him? Um, Brock Lesnar cashed in on Seth Rollins um, at Extreme Rules this year. Oh, of this year of... Of... 2019? Yeah. Yeah, I have no... No, of 2022. What? (laughs) Wait, Extreme Rules of that year? Who the fuck... Yeah, it doesn't matter. I I wonder if that was after that awful fucking tag match with, um... Fucking... Rollins and Becky against... Baron against. Corbin and Lacey. That's what it was. Uh, okay, after that... Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. we're on Andrade yeah. versus fucking Balor. Sorry, we were talking Andrade. We're doing a lot of... Um, that is true, that match happened there. Uh, okay. Um, anyway, so... <sighs> yeah, Andrade uh, is very good. I hate the fucking hammerlock DDT, though. I hate it. I don't it mind it as so a move. Stupid. I don't like it as a finish. I hate it's, it as a It's move. very convoluted to get to. Well, you have to let go of their arm in order for them to be able to protect sure, their yeah. head. If you do it that if you do so, it the safe for way. For what purpose? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's stupid. And um, it offends me, personally. Anyway, <laughs> um... So... But, uh, this this him, entrance for Balor. Yeah! What? Who are these demon ghoul fuck people? I don't care. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was alright. I just didn't like... There was like one or two shots where you could see these guys in their leotards and they weren't covered in smoke. I was like, fucking fuck. Okay, fair. Um, I still thought it was cool. Love this icy belt design. Yes, I forgot it was this. I forgot this was a thing. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Uh, this is very good. It's just that the crowd is just not there for it at all. It's unbelievable. A recurring theme. It really is, yeah, throughout this whole thing. Dude. Because these guys are working their fucking asses off. There's all kinds of crazy shit. There's a tornado reverse DDT, which I was like, bring that back, somebody. Like, yeah. Really nifty reversals and stuff. Uh, good sequences. That stomp on the apron. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. The pace of this, too. Yeah. Like, goddamn. My first note on this just says, this is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. I, I hope. Really, really I did like this. The it finish just... ruled. Uh, yes. A thousand fucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> it ruled so hard. Bring it back. What was it? It was, uh... Balor's up on the middle row. Oh, or it's the like avalanche, that. like bloody Sunday, and then he hits the stomp. Yeah, but yeah. The, the setup to it, where like Andrade looks like he's going for a springboard, and as he springboards mm-hmm. up, he's just caught in it, and mm-hmm. then they go. So dope. Um, yeah, I thought this match was very good, but the crowd just was not here for it. No. Which to me, I was like, do you not know what you're seeing right now? Probably not. Uh, after this, there's a promo from the Miz. He cuts the promo of his life, dude. <laughs> like, this is everything that's ever mattered. Yeah. He seems like he just got done wiping his ass, and they said, promo now. 
<laughs> yeah. I have a similar I have a similar note because Jinder is next. They just air the, another Jinder promo, and it literally looks like someone was like, "Hey, hey, hey, you, where are you going? Okay, no meeting. Great. Uh, we just need this promo real quick. Uh, do you have Do you have your phone on you? <laughs> like that's literally what it looks like. It's unbelievable. Uh, my next note, and I'm not entirely sure why, it just says, "Oh God, no." <laughs> Because this is best in the world. Holy shit, you're right. I'm so Shane sorry. McMahon yeah. Shane versus Roman Reigns. That okay? So that explains the next thing. I thought I was actually referencing something else there. Uh, I had next wrote Roman versus Shane because <laughs> God is dead, dude. Best in the world. Shane was the stupidest shit, but for some reason Would it you was funny. Care to try to read that line there above my thumb? <laughs> Uh, best in the world, Shane, was very bad. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. The I did like the entrance with the guy drawing out world and then the clinch, clinch the hand. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. <sighs> yeah. Heel Shane is, is actually kind of a neat thing. <laughs> yeah. Heel Shane. I'm, I'm not opposed to heel Shane. Yeah. As long as it's... Done better than him making fun of Braun Strowman for being st- st- stupid. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh god. Oh god damn it. So the revival were, yeah. was in this video package. Yeah. It was weird. Unbelievable. It was weird to see them again later on the show too. Yeah. Because um, my next note it just says it, I love Greg Hamilton. He was so good in this this and as an announcer he started off that guy yeah okay he started off not great but he yeah. got real good yeah and then got released yeah uh um, sucks sure does uh i so drew mcintyre's out here with shane heel drew kind of sucks you think so yeah i think i like babyface drew better see i think i i, I think i prefer i think he's better as maybe a it's because i never got a well-booked heel drew that's he very, just, very, very, very fair. Was, he was in that Mark Henry or Kane spot of, we're going to put you over for a couple of weeks and then you lose the big one. Yeah. Uh, Which, I, I very, that is very fair. But, like, because I saw some, his, like, I think he was babyface. He might have been babyface or something like that in uh, Impact. But I saw, like, some of his indie stuff where he was heel. And right. I think I like that. I mean, I also, I should, I'm saying specifically post-comeback to the WWE I Fair, yeah. I, I prefer yeah. him as a baby face. Yeah. The uh, Master McMahon picnic to be a future world champion. Uh, oh that my was great. God. Um, Master McMahon. Get on your knees, Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. So. How did he go from that to. I'm gonna beat Brock Lesnar! Well. I went a little too hard on that one. Look what he fucking looked like. He looked like a gigantic Brian Kendrick at one point, yeah. too. Yeah. And now Brian he looks Kendrick, like a gigantic Drew McIntyre chosen one. <laughs> yeah, and Brian Kendrick looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, so by the transitive means, property, yes, <laughs> that you could start with a young Leonardo DiCaprio. It would anamorph into Brian Kendrick, which would then anamorph into Drew McIntyre, which would then anamorph back into Adam Cole, which would then age into Shawn Michaels. Anamorph, Thank amazing, you. Jesus. Um, my next note here just says Reigns was good here, but we were blinded by stale. That's that's very fair. 
Um, <laughs> I just want to read my last three notes on this. Yeah, Blinded by Stale is a very good way to put that. Um, number one, I cannot believe Shane having even a chance here. <laughs> number two, how are these two equals? And number three, Shane won? <laughs> I about shit my pants when so, Shane McMahon went over on the big dog. Now, the reason that I love that is because it's Drew McIntyre's finish that does it, not anything Shane does. Still. I love it. I mean, that's a good finish. The, I the, get that. The, the timing on that finish was yeah, also it, it was very, great, very yeah. good. I rewound it. I was like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um... But uh, and also another Saudi show with Drew as a manager. Yeah, because he's just out with um, is it Ziggler on the other one that we did? Yeah, yeah, that's all he does. Yeah, so he's up there for and he's Drew definitely done less than than Brock. Mm-hmm. Brock got the shippy out of him. Drew didn't do fuck. Drew hit his, hit his finish. That's yeah. it. <laughs> um. My next note is actually not written by me, but written by Meg, and it just says, <laughs> what is Byron Saxon's shitty facial hair? Dude, I couldn't stop looking at it. It's very what bad. What is it? It's like it's like someone drew him, drew a picture of him, and they like really accentuated the jawline, and he was like, that looks good on me. <laughs> so then he grew just that little strip of jawline to accentuate it, but he just looks like an idiot. Uh, so... At this point, I'm afraid I had to take a break in my viewing. Okay. I resumed viewing the pay-per-view the next night. The first part was so long, so arduous. We lost so many men when we watched the first half of that show. Why was Drew McIntyre even out there anyway? Why were we on the battlefield? No one's ever going to know. My dearest family, I hope this finds you well. I'm about to embark on the darkest journey of my life, and that is watching the last half Super Showdown 2019. I I fear that the initial four hours of the first half were in fact only trying to prepare us for the hardships that is to come. The colonel says that the last half of this program six hours long but that it feels as though it's a full day and a half I truly hope this finds you well and that I will see you again someday God bless so it's Kofi versus Ziggler <laughs> well it's just a promo from Kofi oh I'm right sorry now. Um, it should have been me is it this one yes okay well Actually, it's a promo from Kofi with Xavier Woods there. That's right. Um, but f- before that, they they tell you that it's a 101 degree day. Yeah. Can you imagine wrestling in 101 degrees? Tell you the only thing that might rival it. Hmm. Can you imagine going to watch wrestling in 101 <laughs> degrees and you're wearing the full covered... Um, Normal garb, yeah, of Jesus. Saudi America. 
Fuck that. <laughs> fuck, fuck it on all accounts. But yeah, 101 degrees. So, after this... I'm sorry, this I, is, I, I tried to jump ahead. This next this bit. This is so motherfucking bizarre, dude. So we're talking Lucha House Party, which my next note just says, Lucha House Party. Huh. This will be fun. That was my thought. Yeah. This will be fun. I agree. So, Lucha House Party, Lince Dorado, Grand Middle uh Kalisto. Yeah. Against... So, no, no, wait. They're making their entrance. Yes. Halfway down, they, the commentary says this is going to be a three-on-one handicap match. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm Is insane. the Lucha House Party just going to beat the shit out of someone? What How the, cool would that this be? This would be awesome. Right. But what the fuck is this? Who doesn't want to see three good guys just fucking run a train on somebody? You know what my next note says, Tom? What does your next note say? Lars Sullivan? Yeah. My son? <laughs> Lars Sullivan, my son. <laughs> you should have never been on Reddit. Um, <laughs> my next note just says that Lars Sullivan is still living off of this payday. Oh, my God. Like, just <laughs> buying his fucking bulk food. So it's Dude. Lars Sullivan versus the Lucha House Party. This is a three-on-one handicap match. When I said this shit is house show earlier, bro, come on. Yeah, yeah. You go to yeah. Rockford, you expect to see some shit like this. Yeah. So, now Dakota has an unbelievable quote here. Okay. <laughs> One second. Okay. Okay. <laughs> One point early on in the match the Lucha House Party members are like running into shoulder tackles and right. stuff like that or whatever the hell they're doing. And Dakota says, it's like hitting a brick wall that did gay porn for money. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my mind. Absolutely incredible. Dude. So, so and then at, so, at some point, ahead. Corey Graves says, a hush has fallen over the, the, yes! the audience here. A hush has fallen over the the audience here. And he tried dude. to pass it off as like it's an uncomfortable beating. That's not it, dude. It it's were just not. And I do applaud him for trying to cover it up, but like, uh, dude, uh, we're gonna come back to this. I felt bad for the announcers during this. Yeah, this crowd doesn't give a fuck, and like. This is so insane to say now, but this is where I was at in the time frame of this. I actually really liked Laura Sullivan's shit in NXT. Okay. But there's... In NXT, you're presented the right way to maximize your strengths at that point. You know what I mean? Like, now you're out here and you're pretty well exposed because they're expecting you to do more than what we're used to seeing you do, right? Yeah, yeah. But also, I... The only time that I like handicap matches like this is if it's a genuine fucking giant. Lars Sullivan was a big fucking dude. Absolutely. But, like, this just looks like... It doesn't look like three guys who are overwhelmed trying to fight against this omniscient force or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This just looks like three guys that are bitches getting fucked around on. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's just not good. And, on top of that, it goes to a DQ finish. Why? Because the three guys in the three-on-one match start beating up the one guy three-on-motherfucking-one. I lost my mind, dude. I was like, you couldn't book this better. Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? Like, just so dumb. But I said earlier, this is house show shit. That You're the prince of Saudi Arabia. You spent $50 million. <laughs> and this is what they served you? Vince McMahon is lucky his head is still attached. God damn it. There is one thing that I saved this show. I was very angry on those notes. I, this, there is, <laughs> that was real mad. There is one thing on this show that saved Vince McMahon's head, and we'll get to it. Okay. Um, is it this? No, the, the aftermath where they start beating the crap out of each other. In, and Oh, okay. Then um, Lars Sullivan just gets the upper hand again. Right. And he throws Kalisto so hard onto an LED board. Wouldn't you think so hard. that this might work better, honestly, if it was the unstoppable babyface against the three small guys swarming him that are heels? Maybe. Like, give me some Stooge-style heels, like some FBI types, okay. against a one big babyface fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be yeah. That'd be way better. Honestly, there's there's I think they like there's more potential. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Uh, anyway, um, they gave it so much time. That was that. That was like another was so, thing too. Actually, yeah. What? That I this this like... match seemed like it was. This to me should have been like three and a half minutes, and Damn, it felt we like... haven't been doing times at all. Hold on. Oh shit! It's okay. Um, Have we talked about that many matches? Kinda, actually. Um, what are we doing here? Oh, I... That's the wrong Google. God damn it. Thank you. Okay. So, you good? Oh, yeah. Keep going. What did you say? God damn it. I thought you said you fucked up the Google. No, it's fine. Um, so, Finn Balor versus Andrade. Yes. Um, they gave them some time. I'd say that was 12-15. 11-35. I'm not that far off. Shane McMahon versus Roman Reigns, dude. God, it's so long. It feels so long. I'm going to say 1040. <laughs> 9.15. I'm not that far off. That's, you know, all right. Okay, and then Lars Sullivan versus Lucha House Party. Seven flat. 5.15. Holy shit. Yikers. Shit should have been three. Okay. So you know what my next note is? What is your next note? Here we go. Here we go. Triple H versus Randall Keith Orton. Great video package for this. Yes. I do vaguely remember the build for this not being really existent on Raw. Like, mm-hmm. they would just occasionally be like, oh, hey, we're doing this thing. And they would do these, like, promos or whatnot. But then the rest of the show would happen, and that was, like, not involved in anything else anyone was doing. Yeah. So it was really weird. Um... Yeah. 
Uh, Triple H doing his sweet Sons of Anarchy cosplay. Dude, this oversized motorcycle is yeah. so ridiculous. It's crazy. That wheel is a hundred feet tall. <laughs> Uh, so they point out this is their first singles match since 2010. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. 2010, again, an, an insane year. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting too because it's like, I feel like they didn't have, clearly they didn't have very many singles matches after Orton got to the point of being like, oh, you're on par with me now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They would have always had singles matches when Triple H was lower on the card. Um, it's an NXT chant. That's cool. Yeah. Um, my 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 next note just says I love Randy Orton so much. Are we going to talk about this gear? This red and black snakeskin gear. I think it's pretty dope. I love it. Uh, it should be a figure. He looks a little pale here, which is strange. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice that. My next two notes. Good pace early on, and then the pace has slowed. <laughs> yeah. I liked, I liked this match overall, but I liked it less as it progressed. Yeah. I liked the, cl- like the closing stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I understand. I remember liking this match a lot more when it happened. I did too. And I think maybe my... I guess maybe my expectations were low initially. Maybe, yeah. I remember this being, like, way better than it was, and it wasn't, like, bad, I guess. My note here just says they're chasing Epic, and it just isn't Big there. time. Big time. Like, and I get it, that's what they wanted, but, yeah, it's just not. Sorry. I'm so glad that I said that while watching this, and then you said that while doing it. <laughs> because that makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Alright. Uh, there's some 24-7... Uh, my next one just says 24-7 stuff I don't care. I thought... Okay. It was funny for a bit. Is this where R-Truth wins it back on the plane ride over? Yeah. Okay. It's so good. That part is so good. He's great. When 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 he checks underneath Mojo's... Yeah. Mojo Rowley's blanket and he's just, just wide-eyed staring and he just turns. That's so good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's the only time that Mojo Rally's ever been funny. <laughs> and it's when he's doing absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> so after this, there's this Baron Corbin promo, and I only want to bring it up for one reason. Okay. He's pissed off about the referee trying to fuck on him, mm-hmm. and he ends this by saying, heads will roll in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Which is quite known for beheading people. Mm-hmm. My question to you. Because <laughs> they write everyone's fucking promos. Is this intentional? Is this a level of idiocy and tone deafness that I can't even try to fucking fathom? Is it an ad lib by Corbin? Because he says it and he immediately just cuts, gets out of the shot. Is it just something that I, me and other people are reading into that we shouldn't? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's. I didn't know that. I didn't think that there was anything significant to that. I don't know. Yeah, fuck it. Um, I don't know. Moving on. Tom, Braden, 
are you sure that you are controlling your narrative? Before I answer your question. (laughs) Dude, how about it? My narrative, once I get my narrative moving at a certain velocity, Mm -hmm. I am able to control it to such a degree that it maintains that velocity until I either say, no more, or I say, hey, narrative, stop. You might even say, I'm cruise controlling my narrative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, yeah, I'm fucking funny. That was good, that was good. <laughs> so what we're talking about, by good. the way, it's Lashley versus Strowman. Bob Lash versus Braun Stroh. Bobby Lashley. Yes. He's fucking massive here, dude. Dude. As though he's ever been small. But, but he is especially he is puffed. Dude. Yeah. He's he's got the light on him with and flexing, yeah. dude. When the bottom of your tit has striations. God damn. Tell me that Vince McMahon is not beaten off to that every night. Gotta be. He's searching Black Bull. Oh my god! I've done it. I've cracked him. Hey Stephanie. Oh no. Can you can you teach me how to find black bull porn? Can you please I need I need to find out. Holy shit, this is not well. (laughs) Um We've I don't whatever audience we had, it's it's gone now. I don't know why I did that, Tom. I'm glad we've committed to listening to the show, just you and me, after we put it out ourselves, as our listenership has decreased to zero. Tom, Brayden. can I just edit it out, and, no. then, and then our viewers will never know? No, no you can't. And also, they wouldn't be viewers. Um, <laughs> Alright, you're you're right. Uh, 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 I have uh, another note about Byron Saxton's facial hair. You know what's bonkers? I didn't notice it until it was pointed out to me, and then after that, I couldn't stop seeing it. It looks like fucking Brillo pads. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so... This. um, I actually like this match. Um, I actually did, too. I didn't love it, but I did like it. Um, One of my notes here just says, it slowed a lot. Because at one point, they don't do anything. Early on, they're like, big dudes fucking moving. Big time. And then it's that weird thing where I'm like... You guys have been hot all day. You knew this was going to happen. Yeah. What the fuck? Because, yeah, it did absolutely just kind of like grind to a halt. I feel like it was a little too long. Yeah, definitely overstated its welcome. Lashley up, though, right? Uh, I th- this correctly? No, Braun. Braun up Braun with the power wins. slam? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so Randy Orton versus Triple H. What? How long do you think? 1745. 25-45. God damn, not even close. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay, Braun versus Bobby? 9-10. Fuck! You're not, you're not on today. I'm not, I'm not. I'm really not. Man, that Triple H one, I was way off. I think I left the room for part of that. Um, My next note here just says, hey, remember Ali? Dude. Yeah, he's so good. 
Unbelievable. His promo here is so good. His promo here is great. His promos everywhere that he put one out, even if it wasn't like put out by them that he put yeah, out. They were all they were all so fantastic. Good. They were all so good. One of the absolute fucking best people I've ever met, one of the absolute best I ever worked with. Um And then there's Samoa Joe with a very bad beard. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is not great. Joe looks like he couldn't possibly care about this battle royal. No. Just Who unbelievably could care? Mo- unmotivated. Um, He's like, dude, I had I had a match with Kobashi. This is beneath <laughs> me. Like, what am I doing here? At this point, he would have worked with Kobashi, Masawa, Sting, Angle, um, Foley. Yeah, probably at some Nash, point. Mm-hmm. Hall, Jarrett. Yeah. Like, okay. My next note just says Kofi versus Dolph. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, on paper, I sure. thought this would sound pretty good. Yeah. Especially during like this was this is Kofi, Kofi Mania. Like. Right. Um, I want to get into Kofi Mania in a second, but I I want to bring back something from old episodes because we talked a lot for a while on here about like what performer or worker is the most fucked over by bad booking. And Bray Wyatt's always in that conversation and a handful yeah, of others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler is a guy that I could probably push my chips forward on this. Yeah. Because, like, Dolph is so good. Like, nobody can tell me that he is bad. And goddamn, they've just made you not care. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking about people that, like, they made you not care. Cesaro, Sami Zayn. Yeah. Cesaro, in ring specifically, is one of the best workers in the world. Dude. And if you made a listing right now, he wouldn't be in the top 30 or 50. Yeah. Because, you know, he's just not put in a position to show what he can do. Like, Mm -hmm. imagine if we could get... Dolph versus Cesaro and just be like, hey, you guys have 16 minutes. Dude. Do whatever you want. Dude. Why not? Has that ever happened? I'm sure they... I'm I'm positive that happened, but... It was probably awesome. I, yeah, I'm sure it was, for whatever it was supposed to be, unbelievably good, yeah. There's a neat statistic here. Hmm. That Dolph and Kofi have faced each other for all major titles. Yep. That's uh, at one awesome. point. At one point, they had the record for most people, or I'm sorry, most matches against each other in the Fed. It was like several hmm. hundred. Jesus. Yeah. Um. <laughs> at one point in this match, Ziggler Brett buckles so fucking hard. Always. Um, I want to go back to the video package for this for just a second. Okay. There were two lines of dialogue in it that I made note of. One, it should have been me from Dolph Ziggler. And I said, sure, Dolph, but why? You lose all the time. Tell me why it should be you. Give me any... like." Yeah, that was my only problem with it. They never gave a reason. He's just mad that he didn't. Not even win. a deluded reason. He's mad reason. that he didn't win a match he wasn't in that he hadn't earned. Not even a flawed reason. No. Like uh, if there was a flawed reason, like a a, a a 
reason that like it didn't Misguided make sense, reason, but you yeah. could be deluded right. into thinking. If you know this what I mean? hadn't like, happened, if that's like, part yeah. of the, the if that's part of the character, you can do that. Sure, but there's not one reason. <laughs> um, the other one that I was like, guys, he goes. After 11 years in this company, Kofi Kingston became an overnight success. Motherfucker. (laughs) You know how many nights there are in 11 years? No. Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. He wasn't an overnight success if he's there for 11 fucking years. (laughs) God damn it. Motherfucker. (laughs) I just love you saying that. It's... Talk about this match for just a second. I have to get another drink. I'm fucked um, up. Really? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Hey, can you give me another one of them high noons? Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, this match, again, is pretty solid. It's pretty good. I like this match. Like, But the crowd is actively trying to suck the life out of it. Like, they're just there. They don't know what they're seeing. Not even a peep. Not even a peep. Dude. I'm going to tag out. I don't know where the high noons are. Okay, that's fine. They, I could have also just drank the last one. Mm, it seems likely. Okay. So, my thoughts on this match. Uh, they These guys, they work really, really hard. And I'm a fan of both. But, like... One of the things I actually want to talk... Okay, he's back. He knew where they were at. I didn't. One of the things I actually want to talk about here is Kofi Kingston's title run. Because it was bad. Like, so bad. With all the potential in the world. And how... Okay, how was Daniel Bryan's title run after he won after Mania? Bad. After after Mania, too? Yeah, because then he was on his way out because he was already fucking hurt. I seem to recall that, but yeah. I just wanted to double check. His next yeah. match. His Why next... is it always the, like the they WWE can book the journey well? Sure, and they can't even, even the destination is always going to be better than or the journey is going to be better than the best destination. Correct. Right. right. But it's not even good. <laughs> like, no, never. They, they cannot. They're never able to follow up. Like the thing about Kofi's, upsetting. The thing about Kofi's title run that I was like this, it. The title run hurts this match, and but then the tit- the match is part of the problem. He wasn't put- booked against top guys. Yeah. Like, with all due respect to the guys that he feuded with, it was guys like Kevin Owens, and it was guys like Dolph Ziggler. And I'm not shitting on them, but at that point specifically in time, these are yeah. mid-card guys. Yeah. Sometimes they're on the show. Sometimes they are, and they have a pointless match. They're not top-tier world title fucking guys. Well... You see, we're trying to elevate them and make them feel like bigger stars here. I I, I don't have anything. It just deeply upset me. Why? Um, Why did that upset you? Part of it, one, because it's too accurate, and the other part is like, like Kevin Owens had already been Universal Champion at this point for nine months. Yeah, he's already made. He's already a top guy. But then now you've shoved him back down. So now when you try to push him back up, nobody fucking buys it. Same thing with Dolph. Dolph's a two-time world champion, and even then they were like, both of your title runs are fucked. Like, yeah. God damn it! It's so fucking frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So, anyways. 
This is fine. Kofi wins. Yeah. Kofi, what was also, the finish again? So I remember it being Dolph something nifty. fucks with Xavier Woods. Something, something, O'Connor roll. Kofi kicks out. Xavier Woods hits the Enzy kick from the apron. Mm-hmm. Turns around Trouble in Paradise. So another babyface <laughs> who's incapable of win... And- Capable, I'm sorry, of winning on his own accord and skills and yeah. needs help from an outside source. Yeah. They hate fucking baby faces in this company. What you can't like, win unless the ref interferes. You can't win unless your friend interferes. What if it's like this meta thing? What if they're going real meta? F- like one day they wake up and they're like, yeah, it's always been this way. Okay. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, probably. Just okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can't argue. Uh, let's see. All right, Ronda documentary commercial next. Yeah, there's also there's a uh, Dolph promo after this, implying that this feud kept going and that they had a cage match at Stomping Grounds. Which oh would yeah, be neat to watch. Ronda promo. We're probably not gonna watch Stomping Grounds with all, with all due respect. <laughs> they replay some so, shit from Mania. Yeah, they really pad out this little section here. Which I don't fully understand because this show is three hours and 48 fucking minutes. Fucking minutes. They put they do this commercial that yeah. makes the crowd look like the gods. Okay. Like, it's like look at how good these fans are. <laughs> look how good these fans are. And they're all saying, Super Showdown! I'm like, where was this energy during the show, ass? They're here of their own accord and not under duress from the government. Look how happy and freedom-loving these people are. Oh, no. Look how many guns and knives are not in their backs. Look how many people's heads are still attached to their necks. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) 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 It's uh, getting late early. (laughs) Um, Okay, hold on. After this. Hold on. Match time for uh, Kofi Kingston Kofi and Dolph and Ziggler. 11-15. 10-15. All right, all right, we're getting closer. Dude. Okay, anyway, so now, I was so excited. Clusterfuck what? time. Oh, 50-man battle royal? Dude, yeah. Can I get mine out of the way? I'm going to throw the table to you. Okay. My notes. 50-man battle royal. I'm not watching the majority of this. I'm going to Wikipedia the entrance. Spoiler. I've been trying to look up a list of these entrants, and I can't find it. (laughs) Past that, we'll just talk about the finish. I'm literally on, like, the Wikipedia for this fucking event. Yeah, I don't know. And it just says... Hang on. Don't look at the match times. I'm not. Yeah, all, all this takes me to is the history for Battle Royals and the variants thereof. Like, I don't know. I hate it. All right, go on. We're fine. Um, Titus O'Neil? FTR are in this, right? Yes. Brian Kendrick is in this. Mm-hmm. Titus O'Neil? El- Elias comes out. They, he does a little thing. Right. Remember Elias? <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to him? I don't know, but I liked Elias. Yeah, Elias was great. Um, so, my next note says, 
Commentary says, there's too much going on to call. <laughs> really? <laughs> of course. What, with 50 people in one ring? They, they mentioned on commentary Titus O'Neil was the first 24-7 champion. Yeah. Which I did not know. Yeah. He's part of the problem. Oh, my God. Jesus. Um, Buddy Murphy got eliminated and I got sad. Yeah. Um, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder were tag champs during this. Oh, fuck. They were? They're yeah. In, they were in this match? Mm-hmm. Jesus. They get eliminated, and someone says, they just eliminated the tag champs. And I'm like, oh my god, they won those at Mania. Because I, pop- <laughs> I popped so huge. Um, oh my god. Uh, Cesaro made Sin Cara look good. There's a challenge. Well, no, this would have been the new Sin Cara. New Sin Cara was pretty good. Yeah, this is Huni Cara. Yeah, that's right. Um... At one point, this got actually kind of good. Uh, I good. watched some of the last couple minutes, like Samojo, Ali, Mansoor, and somebody else. I think was good. Yeah, it was very good. I loved it. Um, I would have had it go to Cesaro versus Mansoor. I think at this point, hadn't they already had a match? Probably on one of these salty shows. Because Mansoor... Either way, if they had the match or they have the match after this, it's a better okay, story. Fine. Fade? Uh, Mansoor... Fade? Okay, Fade. What are you I doing? I know that Mansoor had worked with Dolph, Cesaro, and this Battle Royal on some of these Saudi shows. Yeah. Which is safe, safe, and safe. And Big good, time. good, and good. Um, crowd goes nuts. Yeah. This is what saved Vince's head, dude. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> And there were so many fireworks. He owes his fucking neck to Mansoor look, being booked to look, win. Look, Mansoor wins, and we give him all the fireworks. A mil- hundred million dollars worth of fireworks. <laughs> like it's perfect. Um, I like Mansoor. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he had that good uh, little tag team with uh, Ali for a bit, and then, and then they that... split them for no good reason. And then they had a match in exactly. Saudi Arabia, and Mansoor wins. Exactly. Uh, he had that weird thing where he had never lost a match. He was like 50-something and 0. Mm. And then they called him up to the main roster and he lost to Damian Priest via DQ. Oh my god. Yeah. Stupid. Can't even do anything with a loss angle. No! Like, everything is right there and they'll be like, oh, that's cool. Let's fuck it. <laughs> yeah. That's so why you don't eat sandwiches god. with these people. Um, um, they, they played the ad for Stomping Ground again. Yeah, they sure did. Because, gotta eat up time, brother. They sure did. Because, this main event. Alright, you know what my next note says, Tom? Mm. What does it say, Braden? Here we go. So, guys, I had never rewatched this match. I love this match. <laughs> I, I'm a diehard Taker fan. Big time. I'm not big on Goldberg at all. I could be yeah. fair, but I'm not big. Yeah. You know, whatever. I could be fair, but I'm not big. <laughs> yep. This match, <laughs> dude, the emotions that came through me rewatching this, goddamn. Really? Because, like, one, 
when Goldberg's entrance started and he comes out of his locker room with his head already busted open because he's a self-destructive idiot. You know what? I I will give Bret Hart a compliment here. I will. Because anytime that he does this whole like, oh, well, you know, I worked with Bill Goldberg and he's not very good. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Totally unsafe and unprofessional. Yeah. Okay, I can give you that. Because <laughs> Bill hurts himself before he's even started his entrance. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fucking dumbass. Which, before that, on the match graphic, they photoshopped his fucking goatee to be brown, dude. And I was oh, like, that, that. that you can't not see yeah, it, no. dude. You can't do that. Uh, it's so not. So my other emotions during this, I was so angry as as the, like the video package was playing because I'm like, this is just the most mark-ass notebook booking Oh, you're running a show that, and you're going to spend $50 million? Well, wouldn't it be cool if we did Goldberg versus The Undertaker? Why? I don't know, because it hasn't happened before. It just, I don't know, I just don't like it. It's like, it is the ultimate, ultimate money mark thing. Yeah. Like, whenever a, an indie promotion would book, book something stupid, just to be like, ho ho, we did it first, it, this just reeks of that. Okay. Don't like it. Um, yeah, it's just sheer novelty. Okay, so Goldberg out first. Yeah. I made a note of this because the timestamps on this fucking show. Mm-hmm. I hit pause at one point around here and I'm like, there's only like 15 minutes left on this show. What the fuck? Taker's entrance... I may have been wrong when I said 15. Because I time taker's entrance. Would you care to guess? Five seventeen. Not too far off. Five forty nine. Jesus. Yeah, I. Gotta be honest with you, I'm impressed I got that close because I did not watch it. <laughs> oh, I was skipping forward. I, I, I rewound, I hit pause to see where the music started, and I I considered it over when the music stopped. Mm-hmm. There's still ring announcements. I didn't realize how short this match is. Dude. Okay, well, interesting. Let, let's go back for a second. The 51-man 50, battle royal is what it says? Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. Um, how how long do you think that was? I don't know, thirteen minutes. Seventeen fifty-eight. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> All right, and we can talk. That was hard about, to well, judge because I skipped a lot. Of it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We can uh, we can talk more about this match afterwards. But while I have it up, how long do you think Goldberg versus Undertaker was? It's got to be only like seven or eight minutes. Nine thirty-five. Okay. So, this match, like, okay. I wonder I how much kinda, of it Goldberg is conscious for. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I actually kind of liked the video package of mm-hmm. this. I know you didn't, but I don't know. I thought it was cool. Um, I liked the beginning stuff of Taker's entrance, but then I realized, oh no, this is gonna be long. Mm-hmm. So then, I, no, never. Um, even Goldberg took his time. Like big Jesus, time. big time. Um, 
what? That was a long one. It sure was. I, um, I thought you were going to say something or something. I was waiting on you. So, like, <laughs> okay. The match starts, and I kind of dug it. Yeah. Early on, especially. I was like, okay, cool. This is what this should be. Everyone gets their greatest hits in and just go home. Just do the spots that we all never thought we'd see you do with each other, and that's that. Which they kind of did. For the most part, yeah. Uh, It's a very Paul Heyman-style match where it's just finishers. Um, Yeah. But... I hate it. Okay, but I'll tell you one thing. Yes. So they start, and it's like... There's like a spear like right out of the gate, yes. right? And the commentators say it's unbelievable. I hate that. Right. This is how every single Goldberg match starts. Uh, I I got something I would love to discuss. Getting somebody right for the sake of making money. Ooh. So okay. What you- so Goldberg made WCW a fuck ton of money. Mm-hmm. Took them to great heights. Company ends, leaves, whatever. They bring him back in 2003. So to me, I'm like, just do what has already been done. Yeah. You know it's a proven formula. Just do that. Just do that. And, and I feel like people would be expecting that. That's what they want. Give the people what they want. And you've met and talked to this guy and everything. You know he can't have, like, a classic long match. Don't yeah. do it. No, man, bring him in. We need him to work. We need him to work longer. Goldberg's one-year run at that point from 03 to 04 is awful. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. He leaves, doesn't come back until 2016, does the bit with Lesnar, and it's over like fuck. That first match, he comes back and beats Lesnar in like a minute. A minute. 27. Yep. It's so good. Yeah. that's And it's like, why didn't you just do that all those years prior? Send him home. You know what I mean? Like, fuck! Yeah. There, there's an awful knee bar in this. Yeah, there is. It's, it's... Have you seen the video of Matt Riddle making fun of the knee bar? Uh, I heard about it. It's very good. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Because... Like, Riddle very famously does not like Goldberg and does not like Goldberg's work. The knee bar, I caught it this time watching it because, again, I have not rewatched this match ever up until this point. But, like, I saw that and I was like, oh, God. This is already kind of going off the rails. But it's like, why are you guys doing this in the first place? Like, why is Goldberg doing these knee bars that he could kind of do... In 1998. Like, it's been 20 fucking years, dude. Yeah. That, and it's like, you're huge and jacked and fast. Don't. And Taker is massive. And they're not, they don't want to see that. Yeah, that too. Like, what the fuck is the point? I just, I don't know. I didn't get it. Um, so then, very sir, very soon, very early on, Goldberg goes and domes himself into that post. Dude. Big time. So basically, seeing this for the first time this time. One, I'm like, God damn, I, I knew he got fucked up. Is that seriously what it is? Mm-hmm. Rewound it, watch it again. Sure is. 
Goldberg then bleeds a fucking bucket <laughs> because he has a goddamn axe wound on the top of his head. Yeah. How fucking dumb you gotta be. <laughs> Especially because, by the way, longtime wrestling fans will remember this. He had issues with this in the past because in the dying days of WCW, might have been t- year 2000, if not early 2001. You know what? If it was in 2000, it will be covered by our friends over on Why 2 Kill Me. Goldberg's having a handicap match against Chronic. Yeah. The bit is, if he loses, he's fired. He's supposed to go over. He does the same thing. Goes for the spear in the corner, the guy moves, and he fucking cracks his head on the post. But in this instance, he's so knocked out that Chronic, Chronic have no option. They cover him. And pin him. He's knocked the fuck out cold in that one. So then when I'm watching this, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot, Bill, for doing this in the first place. But you're a fucking yeah. moron for doing it again and again and again. Yep. This busts himself open on the door. That happened all the time. Um, the other post incident, the thing where he slammed his uh, arm into a car windshield during yeah. a backstage segment and just sliced it to Fucking ribbons. Jesus. D- dipshit. 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 That, dude, there was a shoot tombstone. Yeah. Bill Goldberg gets absolutely brained on this fucking tombstone. Yeah, he does. And he kicks out. I fucking love it, dude. <laughs> but this is after he's already been fucked up. And it's the thing where it's like... This at this point, I think this is when I started to feel bad for people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I don't like Goldberg, but it's like he's trying so hard here. Yeah, and is just not there. And you see that cut on his head, like after they get the blood wiped away from it, like the skin's peeling up off of the top of his head. Yeah. It's it's gnarly. I'm like, man, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for Taker because Taker is like, his boots are on and now they are fucking cinched tight trying to fucking pull this match out, right? You can literally see a change in Taker. Watching it this time, I was like, okay, he's kind of feeling this and then Bill's head cracks open and after that, it is just Taker being like, we're going to get through this, big guy. Yeah. I feel bad for the commentators because they're trying to cover this. Like, yeah. Ugh. The the jackhammer. Ugh. It's just a shoot brainbuster. My note here says, "Oh, this is where it gets sad." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, Taker wanted that to go well, or else he wouldn't have allowed it to happen. And you know that he thought. Yeah, he's got me, you know. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. I was shocked to see him do the old school walk the rope. Yeah. After Bill had fucking killed himself. But yeah, like, then it's just not great at all. Then it's even worse. Goldberg, after the shoot brain buster, Goldberg goes for Tombstone. Yeah. I think they went to go re- reverse into the Tombstone. Yeah, I'm positive that's what it was supposed and to be. Goldberg fell and dropped Taker, and Taker landed on his butt. He just picked up Goldberg. 
hit the choke slam, and that was it. A second choke slam that is a hundred times worse than the first one. First one was pretty good. Yeah. This is bad. And he is so fucking mad, and you can yep. see it. One, two, three sits up. It's a meme. Yeah. God. And and you and I I don't remember his anger lasting visibly on his face that long. But it's, it's till the end of the show. Till the end of the show. Crazy, crazy shit. Yeah, I. This time around, it was more interesting to me than it was bad. But I just yeah. got to that point. I was like, God damn it! I feel so bad for everyone here. Yeah. And then it was. It was fun to make fun of up until I think that point, and I was like, Oh God. Yeah. Anyways, great pick. Um, yeah. Would you recommend this show? Uh, no. Same. There's honestly nothing on here that I think people should seek out. Only Goldberg Taker for morbid curiosity. I will say it was a pleasant and shocking surprise at how short this match was. Yeah. I, for some reason, remember this being like 18... Oh my just god. Just horrid, vomit-inducing minutes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, let's, let's shut this one down. I'm high and drunk, and I'm gonna sleep so hard tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let us know on the social media. Should we do more of these when we're kind of fucked up? Is this problem? Is, is this, this problem? problem? Is this problem? Is this problem? Hey, Vinny. You got a fucking problem? Is this problem? fucking problem, dude? No. Is this problem? What are you doing? Ain't no problem. What are you what doing? Are you, what are we even what are you doing? doing? What are we even doing? What are we what are even doing? doing? What are we even doing, dude? Vinny. Vinny. What are you, what are you doing? Vinny, what are you doing? What are you doing? Vinny. This is the most drawn out already thing. What are we even doing? What are we doing?